Hi, this is Corey Turner. And along with my wife, Simone, we are the senior pastors of Numa Church. I wanted to thank you for listening to our podcast today. You're about to hear a message from one of our team that we pray builds your faith and empowers you to follow Jesus more closely. Enjoy the message. Go with me in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 29. We're going to read uh, verse 18, a familiar passage on all things vision. And as you're doing that, I just ask you also to uh, be aware of the vision booklet that you got uh, given when you came in today. Um, Make sure that you have a read of that and look at that. It has all the details, uh, all the why behind the what that we need as we move forward into a new year. We'd love for you to participate and actively engage in all the things that are concerning our church. And in there also is a vision offering card. We'll be referring to that over the weeks as we move forward. This is something we do as a church every year. This is not a new initiative. We've been doing this for years and our church is well and truly on board with all things vision offering. We would love you, if you've never participated before, to be a part of breakthrough, not just in the life of the church, but in your life. And so I'd ask that you'd prayerfully consider as we move forward together. Proverbs 29, 18 says, Where there is no prophetic, not pathetic, prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. Meaning they don't have self-control. They lay aside self-control. But blessed is he or she who keeps the law. We're talking about vision And I think it's so important we do because the global pandemic has stolen a lot of people's vision. The global pandemic has been a massive disruption to all of our lives. We've all been affected in different ways. Some of us have been affected directly with our family. If you've got kids, online learning has been, Lord, give me your grace. Uh, and, And for those of you who may be single, maybe the whole dynamic of being lonely and isolated has really been something that's impacted you in a significant way. For others, they've gone deep asking questions about Uh, all things purpose and meaning and where they're heading in life. Others who are married are like, I wish I was single during COVID. Um, Not me. Thank God for my wife. Um, For some of you, your workplace has been impacted. And so the dynamics of being in a new environment, others of you, your health and your well-being, that has really been impacted. Definitely when it comes to all things corporate worship, We learn a different rhythm, a different pattern with online church. And whilst I think there are elements of that, thank God for technology, church is about community. Church is about life-on-life relationship. You can't follow Jesus and not be connected to a local church. It's just not how he built it or designed it. And so it's so important that we understand that like us as a church, many other churches have been impacted in a significant way. And yet despite the disruption, Jesus is still building his church. He's still building purpose and intention through his church in the earth. Before we move forward, I think it's important we celebrate and recap what God has done even in the midst of the last couple of years through our vision offering. Over the last year, we've seen Numa Perth being built 
and established. And so for those of you not familiar, there's over 100 people connected to our church plant in Perth. And the team there is doing an amazing job under the leadership of Jason and Olivia Staggers. Numa East, we actually purchased a facility through the generosity of the vision offering a couple of years ago. But the last two years, we've been in quite an intense journey to secure a permit to be able to turn that into a place of worship, fit that premises out and be able to gather. But as we turned into the new year, thank God we were given that permit. And so we will be moving forward to fit out Numa East in the coming year. Numa Hobart, Pastor Joel and Bree. Uh, just uh, went to Hobart. They've been at this church many years. Went to Hobart late last year. And, and this year, we will be officially launching all things Numa Hobart. So we want to praise God for that. Numa College was started just a week or two before the pandemic. And so all the students went online immediately. And over the last two years, we've been really building online. And now we're getting to meet together. And yet, over 300 leaders have been trained and developed through our leadership development pathway, as well as our part-time and full-time students. And we give God glory for that. Revival Conference was meant to be live, but we hosted it online. It was world-class. The team did an amazing job. But more importantly, God moved in people's lives. And we saw literally thousands of people connect and be inspired and equipped in their own lives. Our Numa Care app, which is our uh, uh, community engagement and an evangelistic tool that we have, many hundreds of people have, have uh, jumped online and downloaded that app and are a part of partnering with organizations giving generously and transforming communities. As well as that, we've seen uh, our city kids uh, refurbishment underway. And so for those of you who have children upstairs, uh, we are currently renovating and refurbishing our city kids space to cater for over 200 kids up there. And over the next uh, four to uh, six weeks, we're going to be seeing that made available and moving forward into a new season. And so it's super exciting to be able to celebrate that in the midst of the limitations, God's still been working, God's still been building. As we enter a new year, though, we now need to refocus on what God has for us moving forward. There's a reason why your front windscreen is bigger than your rear view mirror. It's because where you're going is more important than where you've been. And so, like a good driver, every now and then, we look in the rearview mirror, particularly when we're turning lanes, and we check that we're not going to take someone out in our blind spot. And as a church, we look back and we praise God for what He's done. But I'm wanting us today to actually look into the front windscreen of Numa Church and see what God has for us and for you as an individual, as together we come together as a corporate body to see God's kingdom come and His will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. So when we talk about vision, what is it from a biblical perspective? Well, conceptually, it's a clear and compelling God-given picture of the future. Vision is clear. It's not vague. It's not sort of, you know, fuzzy, out of focus. It's specific. It's clear. It's compelling. It inspires action. It motivates us to get up and do something. It's God-given. It's not concocted in the test tube of a board meeting. It's encountered through the overflow of intimacy with Jesus. It's God-given. It's spirit-inspired, and it's a picture of the future. It's, 
It's looking uh, into God's heart and saying, God, what do you have for us in the coming years that you would want us to accomplish and achieve for your glory and honor as a body of Christ? And so when it comes to the Old Testament, a Hebrew definition of it is a picture to gaze at. It's to have perception of the future. New Testament Greek understanding of vision is a mark on which to fix the eyes, to look toward the goal line. An English definition of it is the act of sensing the future with insight. Someone once said it's foresight with insight based on hindsight. And lest you become more confused than a termite and a yo-yo with all the sights, uh, essentially vision is that God-given picture that inspires us to rise up and fulfill what is in God's heart. Why is vision important? Well, it clarifies direction, it inspires action, and it prioritizes the allocation of resource. It's really important because without it, how do we know where we're heading? How do we actually prioritize the resources that God has given to us, and how do we make sure that we are consistently heading in the right direction with the right action? So important. Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no prophetic, so it's something that's supernatural, vision, people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law, or blessed are they who keeps what God has revealed. Without vision, we don't know where we're heading. So if we don't know where we're heading, any road, any option is up for grabs. And so it's like, well, where do we go if we don't know where we're heading? It's sort of like Alice in Wonderland speaking to the Cheshire cat. What road do I take? The cat's like, well, that depends on where you want to go. And Alice is like, I don't have a brass razoo clue where I'm supposed to go. And that's my paraphrase. And the cat says, well, it doesn't matter which road you take then. If you don't know what God's vision for your life or for our church is, then which road do you take? Any road becomes an option. We need to know God is a God of purpose, vision, intention, and mission. He wants us to know where he's going because the Bible says to, to imitate me as I imitate Christ. We've got to follow Jesus. We're not following just the, the leadership of the church. The leadership is following Jesus. And together as a community, we're following Jesus. This is not my business. It's God's business. This is not my church. Although I own it, I, I plant myself in it in terms of my role and responsibility. This is God's house. We're not building a man-made ambition. We're building what God is building in the earth. And so I just encourage you, if Jesus is only building his church, you better tie your wagon to the local church. You better align your life and plant yourself because it's the only eternal thing that is going to live on that Jesus is building. Without vision, we give up. Without vision, there's no point in trying. It's like, you know, growing up as a kid and, and the coach said, it doesn't matter about winning, just participate. And all the kids who had any competitive edge were like, well, I'm going home. Because uh, without vision, it's like, well, what are we doing here? We give up. Dave McCracken, who is a global mission partner of the church and a great prophetic ministry, he recently had uh, extensive open heart surgery. And... Um, so evasive was it that's like the most extreme um, surgery that you can have. 
And there was a man 20 years younger than him in the same ward, uh, way less severe surgery, and yet this man was speaking such negativity and hopelessness because he didn't have a vision for his future. He was suffering with the pain of what he'd been through. He stopped eating, stopped talking, stopped responding because he didn't want to live anymore in his life. Here is another man who's 20 years older, been through a more worse experience, and yet walks out of that hospital because he's got vision for his future. One of the most inspiring things is to be around people that are of mature age, maybe even people retiring age, and yet they still have vision for their future. We expect and want our kids to have vision for their future. We want them to dream great dreams and have great visions, but there's something about a Caleb and a Joshua in the Bible who in their latter years say, give me my mountain. I've still got a mountain to climb. There's still something to go after. Let us never be a church. In fact, the reason this church has been here for nearly 100 years is because God has called and appointed leaders and gathered people in this house that have not just been prepared to be complacent and apathetic in their faith, but to rise up and go after the things that God has called us to do. We need vision if we're not going to give up. Without vision, we don't get to prioritize the resources God's given to us for maximum fruitfulness. The Bible is filled with all sorts of examples and Jesus in the parable of the talents talks about how a man was given one talent to steward on behalf of the master. And the master would return expecting a profit, expecting at least a 100% return. How would it be that you work for a boss that expected a 100% profit margin on your work? You'd be like, hang on a second there, that's a bit demanding, what's going on here? And yet, the, the laws of the economy of the kingdom are, is that Jesus is saying that I've given you breath in your lungs, I've given you abilities and talents and, and giftings, I've given you resource, I've given you a calling and a destiny, I've, I've invested a lot into you because I love you, I've created you, and I want you to partner with me to bring a return to the kingdom of God. That man took that one talent and he buried it in the ground because he had no vision for it. Didn't go anywhere, didn't do anything. And Jesus sort of rebuked him, took it off of him and gave it to the one who has because they were prepared to do something with it. I've learned someone may have more talent or ability or resource or opportunity than someone else, but if they don't steward it, if they don't leverage it or access it, even the person that has little but does much with the little, God will reward and bless and honour because they're being faithful with what God has given to them. Where does vision come from? It comes not from man-made fantasy, not from human ambition. It comes from the Holy Spirit. He is the author of prophetic vision. The Apostle Paul said in Acts 26, 19, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. See, this is what I've learned. If you come up with your vision for your life, when you don't feel like it or when you are not motivated anymore, you're having a bad day, you can abandon your vision and your goal. You can say, well, no, I don't really feel like it anymore. That's not the season for that. So you're done with it. But when you get called and compelled and quickened with a heavenly vision, all of a sudden, everything changes. Because you're like, this is not about me anymore. This is about the creator and God of the universe 
who's called me to partner and co-labor with him, to be a part of his solution of changing people's lives. And so I can tell you there are times where I don't always feel like fulfilling the call of God in my life. Am I the only unspiritual person in the room? Generally, it's called a Monday morning. Do you know, do you know most pastors resign on Mondays? Because they just, they, they just regret all the terrible things they said the day before or things didn't happen the way they thought. But you know, I'll be honest, there, there are some days like you where you just, you feel like giving up. People look at pastors and think they're perfect. They're always on. They're always motivated. They're always inspired. And yet we're just real like you. We're all real people here in this church, but we have an amazing supernatural God and we're absolutely committed relentlessly committed to following his call. I just made a decision years ago, whether the tithes are coming in or going out, I'm going to do what God told me to do. Whether everyone comes or no one comes, I'm going to do what God told me to do. And I'm telling you, when you find a church or a leader with that sort of relentless intent, I tell you, get behind them, support them, be a part of the solution. Because we live in a world of shifting sands where people are just ebb and flow based upon popular opinion. I'm telling you, the gospel may not be popular in our culture right now, but it's still the truth that will set you free. It's still the life-giving truth that will change your life and make a difference in your life. And so we are following a divine blueprint, not something that we just made up because we didn't have anything else better to do. What's God's vision for us at this church? It's a big one. And for some of you, it may be overwhelming, intimidating. Like, how do I access that? How do I connect with that? Essentially, it's plant to plant 200 Numa churches across four global hubs that carry a spirit of revival to disciple cities and nations. Now, when we say plant, we're talking about starting. We're talking about establishing. We're talking about taking the seed of Numa Church, putting it in the soil of another city, another region, another location, and leading it and tending to it and cultivating it, allowing it to grow into something that brings glory and honour to God. Now, you may say, well, I, I'm not called to be a church planter, but I'm a part of this church. Why church planting and why 200? Why can't we just sit at home and watch church online and eat ice cream? I mean, like, why do we have to give and, like, work and, and like, do stuff? Why do we have to do that? I mean, I just thought church was, I come, I sit, I watch, I go home, and I get on with my life. I mean, what, what is this whole church planting thing? What's that about? It's so important we understand the why behind the what. Because if we don't understand why, why should we engage with it? You need to know that church planting is what healthy apostolic churches do. Unhealthy churches don't reproduce. They don't make disciples. They don't look outside their four walls. They never start another congregation anywhere else because it's all about the social club. It's all about them. It's all about, can't we just like, just enjoy friends with each other and just like hang out and, and do what we do for the rest of our lives and this is great. And yet we're standing and sitting here today in a church that was planted 96 years ago. Just around the corner, Richmond Temple, now Numa Church, now all over the earth. And so someone somewhere heard the call 
responded because they had a healthy walk with God. And God said, I want you to plant this church. Healthy churches reproduce. Everything that God creates is designed to reproduce according to their kind. Genesis 1.22, God blessed Adam and Eve saying, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. So the original mandate was to take their dominion authority, take the seed of their life and that which God put in them and multiply that across the earth to take the kingdom of God to all four corners. Eden was not supposed to just be a garden. Eden was supposed to be cultivated and tended to the four corners of the earth. And when that didn't happen because of the fall of humanity and sin, Jesus had to come and rescue the, 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 everything going turn pear shape. And, and he came and then he commissioned us to go make disciples of all nations and said, I will build my church. And so the, the great commission of going and make disciples is an extension and continuation of the original mandate back in Genesis 1 that all the earth would hear the gospel and that all the earth would know that Jesus is Lord and King, and that we as his created partners would be disciples of him and we would form together in communities of faith called churches. Jesus said in John 7:37, whoever believes in me out of his spirit shall flow rivers, plural, of living water. He didn't just say a river, didn't say a swamp, didn't say a dam or a reservoir. I wonder if you've ever seen a swamp. Some of you play golf, you hit your ball into the swamp, and, or oh, that's just me. And, 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 you know, swamp, it's sort of smelly water, stale water, and there's all reeds, and it doesn't look too good. Jesus didn't say, out of your spirit. If you believe in me, out of your spirit, you're just going to stay where you are and do nothing, and it's going to become stale. He said, no, there'll be a, a river flowing through you, and it's going to break off into tributaries and multiple streams, and there's going to be a multifaceted work that happens in your life. Out of you will flow rivers of living water. There are rivers in your life. There are rivers in this house because of the work of the Spirit inside of you. Church planting is the most effective way to make disciples, historically and statistically. There are more people on the planet than ever before. We need more churches than ever before because we are not keeping up with the population growth. The church in Western nations is in decline. And so the greatest mission field I would suggest to us right now is often in Western nations. Our nation desperately needs a move of God. We need revival, and revival is not going to come just because we sit in one prayer room and pray about it. Revival is going to come because we pray, consecrate ourselves, and obey, and go and make disciples. Church planning and Pentecost go hand in hand. What happened on the day of Pentecost? The early church was birthed. It wasn't just that they were filled with the Spirit and spoke in tongues and there were signs and wonders. It was that the church got birthed. It got planted. It happened 2,000 years ago and it's still happening today. So wherever you see the activity of the Holy Spirit, you see the Holy Spirit pioneering new things, new initiatives. God's always up to something new. He says, sing a new song. Sometimes it's good to sing some old ones, but... He says, sing a new song. He's got a, a new message each day, each week to give to you. We don't just get up and preach 
the same thing every time because God's got something new to say. And we join that with what he has said, with what he is saying and what he will say. And we look at it through the filter of the Holy Spirit and what he wants to do today. And we say, God, I want to join you in that. Church planning is in the DNA of this church. Some of you wouldn't know, but over 150 churches have been planted already in nearly 100 years. And some of that has been very random and not strategic at all. And others other aspects of it has been very intentional. And yet there's something. God's given this church something in its heritage and in the soil of this house where we've gone and said it's not about us and we're going to go change the world. And so 200 churches is not just like we pulled it out of the sky. It was birthed out of an encounter with God and God saying, you know what, Numa Church, in your generation, you're capable of it. You're capable. If God's called us to it, it means there's going to be resource for it. And what's so important in a world of brands and in a world of franchises is that you not hear, oh, we're just trying to expand the brand. No, we're, we're actually trying to reach a generation, reach souls for the kingdom of God. I could tell you story after story of visiting our locations and people come up who've just been saved in the last 12 months and they'll say things like, thank you so much for Numa Church planting a church in this region. I gave my heart to Jesus. I was talking to people this week at our Numa South location. People that in the last year gave their heart to Jesus, surrendered their life, life transformed. People come up and say, my marriage was restored at this church. People come up and say, my whole faith in Jesus has been restored. People who've been in in the bondages of lust and all sorts of addictions are getting set free. And they say, thank you that a church was planted here. You see, it's not just about us. It's about God's heart for everyone. And we get to play a small part in that. So in terms of our vision focus for our vision offering this year, we've got some very specific things that we want to focus your attention on. And the first and primary thing that we're bringing to you as a vision item for this year is we are about planting a new church. And we planted a seed for this last year's vision month. Well, this year, we're actually wanting to plant a church that God has been leading us a number of years. And what we do each year is we add a city to the t-shirt. And so we take a moment to celebrate the cities that are already in play, that God's already moving. And then we add another city. Now, when it comes to 200 churches, we might have to reduce the font a little bit or get a really big t-shirt to fit that all in. But we want you to celebrate with us today as we formally announce that in 2022, we are going to be planting Numa San Francisco. Come on, somebody. And you say, well, I had a good holiday there once. I left my heart in San Francisco. I mean, you know, like who wouldn't want to plant there? But what you may not know spiritually is that it has been a graveyard for decades. I have pastors in America saying, why are you going there? Come to Dallas. I mean, it's like 70% of Texans are Christians, you know. Uh, I'm like, well, because God's not called us there. He's called us to where there's a need.
There are so many pastors, so many churches, so many people that have tried, and it, it just, it's like been like a wasteland. It's been like a valley of dry bones. And yet, God has called his church to rise up and reach a city that is hurting and broken and lost. And we get to play a role in restoring God's heart for that city. We're not the only ones. There are others. But you'd be surprised at how few churches are there and, and really have made much impact at all. And so when God calls us to go somewhere and plant a church, he also calls people. When God wants to do something new, he anoints and he appoints and he calls someone. He says, I've called you, Gideon, Joshua, Moses, Peter, Paul, Corey, Simone, whatever your name is, I've called you. And so we also want to announce, and some of you would know this couple and some of you wouldn't, but we want you to celebrate with us as we honour in this moment and announce that the location pastors of Numa San Francisco this year that we are sending is Pastor Don and Hannah Osborne. And I just want to... Can you please stand and just honour these guys as they just come up on the platform? Why don't you just grab a seat? Um, I think they're worthy of celebrating. Uh, both of them have uh, been saved and essentially raised in God in this house. And God has done such a work of restoration in their lives. And their beautiful kids and themselves have been called by God to go and plant Numa San Francisco. And so they've been faithfully leading our Numa South Melbourne location for five years and God's doing a great work there, but we knew that it was time, and they knew it was time, because this vision doesn't happen in a vacuum. God's been working and building significantly in their lives. Why don't you just share a little bit about that? Yeah, so we'll have more opportunities and interest meetings and things to share more, but um, my heart just left again as Pastor Corey was just speaking into it, because less than 1% of people that live in San Francisco actually are Christian, over and about a million people. And so for us, it's been a privilege and honor to plant and lead uh, Numa South, uh, but it's going to be a privilege and an honor to plant and lead Numa San Francisco. We just know that God's hand is all over it. It is His timing. It's this moment. We get to be a part of the move of God as Numa Church. And so we are just so expectant for the prophetic things that God is doing, what He's declared, and what will happen over Numa San Francisco. Yes, we are so humbled that God would use us, but God can use anyone who says yes and who trusts him. So that's what we are doing. We are saying yes, and we trust you, God, and we are confident that he's the one that builds his church. It's not us, and that is why we have confidence, and God's begun to show us things about this city to give us a heart for San Francisco, and some of the things he's shown us is that God does not just see a valley of dry bones, but he sees an army that is going to rise up from those dry bones. And the pneuma of God that is going to breathe and blow upon that city. And there's actually a mountain in San Francisco that's called Mount Diablo. Diablo means devil. So the enemy has tried to take a stronghold. He's got some ground there, but guess what? 
In Hebrews chapter 12, it talks about an, a mountain of fear and a mountain of joy. And God is going to break the spirit of fear off that city. And he's going to replace it with joy because of lives that have radically been transformed by the power of God. And so we are in 100%, not because it's going to be comfortable. We have counted the cost and we are confident because the Great Commission doesn't say just go and good luck. It says go and I will be with you. So we are confident that restoration is coming to San Francisco, not because we are going, but because God has gone before us and God will be with us. Hey, we're just going to pray for these guys. Father, we just thank you so much for this amazing couple. Lord, in these months of preparation and, uh, Lord, uh, just researching and seeking your heart about the details, God, we just ask that you'd lead us as a team, you'd lead them as a family. God, that your favour and protection would be upon them, go before them. Use them mightily for your glory and honour. We thank you for them and we commit them into your care and trust in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. One last time, let's just honour them. And so obviously the question begs itself, well, if God's called them out of leading Numa South, who is going to lead Numa South here in Melbourne? And uh, equally, as we send some of our best overseas, we want to send some of our best to lead uh, all things Numa Melbourne South. And uh, many of you would know this couple. They're an amazing couple. They've been here at City for many years. But we want to celebrate and honour today. And we're going to get them to stand. Can you please put your hands together for the new Numa Melbourne South location passes, Pastor Steve and Candice Alphine. They're down here at the front. We love you guys. We celebrate with you. Awesome. We're going to get them up closer to their commissioning day to pray over them, and they're going to share some of their heart as we move forward this year. As well as that, we are still building Disciple the Nations. For those of you who don't know, Disciple the Nations is our global mission ministry. We have 18 mission partners around the world that we financially support, and they're in developing nations all the way through to uh, uh, countries across Europe. They're planting churches, developing leaders, they're providing humanitarian aid, they're transforming communities. And uh, we are going to celebrate next Sunday more of their story, and we'd love for you to join us each week of this Vision Month, because there's going to be a new aspect that you're going to learn and discover about our church. We're going to be giving in the Vision Offering to help support those mission partners. Uh, we're also going to be leasing a new facility for our Numa West location in the western suburbs. And so Numa West is a growing church. Uh, they have such an amazing move of God out in the western suburbs, but they need a building. And there comes a time where every family needs a home, and these guys need a home. And so we're going to be seeking that out and securing that. We're going to be investing into that. Not only that, but we're going to be building a recording studio here at our city location to uh, record albums and uh, podcasts. Some of you wouldn't know, but our worship album, Stillness, has had over 250,000 streams. I've, been two, I've streamed 249,000 times of that, and because I love it. The number gets higher each service. Um, um, but, you know, podcasts, a lot of our team podcasting, all the sound of worship in this house is so powerful. 
and uh, God is calling us to make sure that that is something that ministers to people everywhere. Uh, we are going to be launching Numa Hobart officially this year. And so Pastor Joel and Bree, and uh, they're, they're on the ground, they're there, and they're building a small community. And then in this year, we will be launching that. We're going to host Revival Conference again in August, and uh, the borders will be opened in Jesus' name. Our guests will come, and people will be a part of a live conference. We'll have Revival Nights leading up. And then finally, our vision offering this year will also be contributing to continue to establish Numa College. Yeah. Numa College is a ministry training environment that's all about equipping you to fulfill your calling and to help us as a church to fulfill the vision. Right. And so how do we fulfill God's vision really comes back to our response of faithful partnership. We must partner with Jesus to build his church. Right. Matthew 16, 18 says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. What's so important, I love what Pastor Hannah said. Um, God's already gone before us. He's doing the heavy lifting. Jesus is the master builder. He doesn't need us, but he includes us because he wants his purposes to be at work through partnership with those whom he created. This is why if you don't pray, often God won't move. It's not because he can't, but he limits his intervention to your engagement and your intercession with his purposes. So Jesus is building his church, but he calls us into partnership. And he says, you have a role to play. You've got a gift. You've got breath in your lungs. You've got passions. You've got abilities. You've got resource. You've got time. You've got all sorts of things that God is saying, I gave those to you. Not just to serve yourself, not just to serve myself, but to serve something bigger and higher than ourselves. And so, we're God's fellow workers. Fulfilling vision is a partnership between God and us. God's sovereign presence will do some things, and then he calls us to partner with his presence in doing what is on his heart. He will always play his part. He will always be faithful in your life. Even when you get disappointed with, he, you didn't think he was on time or he didn't answer this or answer that, he'll always play his part. The issue is, will we play ours? How do we play our part? Well, as I conclude today's vision message, why don't you just look to the screen? There's a, a, a few key things that I want us to keep in mind. Firstly, let's keep fervent in the word and prayer all year. For some of you, you're at the beginning of your walk with God and maybe it's time to just begin reading your Bible starting to pause each day in prayer. Come to our prayer meetings and be a part of what God's doing. Let's keep fervent in word and prayer all year. Secondly, let's give sacrificially to the vision offering. Let's give generously and sacrificially. Do you know in 2019, um, we saw the vision offering really get momentum. Over $1 million were raised in 2019. That helped us fulfill vision that year. In 2020, $1.7 million was raised, and all of that was used for vision. In 2021, $1.5 million was raised, and that was used for vision. And we are believing that uh, in order to fulfill these vision things that God has put on our heart, that we'll see $1.7, approximately, million dollars come into the life of the church. Now, that may seem like a big number, and it is, but this church is capable of that. We've proven over the last several years that there is a heart, there is an ownership, there is a capacity for this. 
And we're asking you, we want to be transparent, we're asking you unapologetically to pray and, and ask God, what would he have you play a part in that? Thirdly, we'd ask you to be a part of Newman Discipleship. Newman Discipleship is a focused discipleship engagement on Wednesday nights that, like the two wings of a plane on Sundays, we gather together in corporate worship, but on Wednesdays we actually get discipled to understand the life of Jesus and to follow Him. It begins with Team Advance, our engine room of um, the why behind the what, the back of house details and getting together in in community as leaders and volunteers. First week of the month, the second and fourth week of the month is being a part of a life group, a small group where you get to build relationships. And on the third week, we come together here at our city location and we pray, prayer power. We pray and we seek God. We ask God to move in our hearts and our lives. Would you make a commitment every Wednesday night to Numa Discipleship and then Sundays and say, you know what, I am in. I'm in, I'm a part of it, I'm not just, you know, spectating, I'm a part of what God's doing here. I'd also ask you, number five, to, uh, sorry, four, to serve faithfully on a ministry team. There's different ways that we can help you do that. But also, number five, let's guard the unity of the Spirit across the church. Can I, can I, this is really important, I believe God is wanting to deal with us as a church on this, and that is we need to guard what we say about people. No church is perfect. We're all humans. We all have our perspectives and opinions. God knows the last two years there's been a lot of opinions. Um, And you're, you're, you're entitled to your opinion, and that's fine. But when it comes to the blessing of God, the blessing of God is not automatic just because we turn up to church. The blessing of God is only commanded where unity is. And I really am committed to speaking well of people. If there are challenges or issues or things, we practice Matthew 18, we sit down and in humility and love and respect, we work those through. But there's something about building each other up and encouraging each other and not slandering each other behind our backs. And there's something about honouring the bride of Christ. She's not the bride of Frankenstein, she's the bride of Christ. Let's not speak ugly about the church. And then from time to time, you may have different perspectives or opinions about me and what I wear and what happens and what goes on and all that. All of that stuff's trivial. It all really doesn't matter. What matters is that you're, we're a part of a family. We're a part of a body. And if you start beating up on a part of the body, what happens to that part of the body? It's not going to go well for you. And yet, why do we do that to each other? And by and large, I don't think this is a big issue, but I really do believe, I feel like the Holy Spirit's saying, you know, as a church, we need to clean that up. And we need to honour each other with our words and confession. And we need to make sure that we give, extend grace to others as we have received grace. And that we go on the journey together to be a part of a healthy covenant family that honours God in our words as much as our actions. And lastly... I think most importantly, let's go and make disciples of Jesus. This is what we're about, is seeing lost people come to know Jesus as Lord, is to see disciples of Jesus grow stronger and mature in Him. And as we do that, God's kingdom really is going to come. Thank you for joining us for this message today. 
We don't assume that every person listening has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today, we invite you to begin following Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The Bible teaches that every one of us has been created for a relationship with God. Sin has separated us from that relationship, but God loved us so much that He gave us His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus lived, died, and rose again, conquering sin, Satan, and death itself. If we believe in our hearts that God has raised Jesus from the dead and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So if you are ready to pray in faith, turning away from your sin and believing in Jesus for your salvation, please pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and I ask you to forgive me and cleanse my heart from all of my sin. I receive by faith the free gift of eternal life, and I ask that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit. I thank you that I am born again as a child of God and that you have made me a new creation in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you have prayed that prayer for the first time, we would love to know and help connect you to a local church in your area. You can contact us on our website, numa.church. Thank you for listening.